0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to a special edition of Roar Lions Radio. I'm your host, Bill Filippo and uh, today we're not talking with uh, Nick or Matt or anyone else from our site. We're actually reaching out to our friends over at 11 Warriors to get our friend Kevin Harris on here to answer some questions about the Ohio State Buckeyes during the lead-up to uh, what is supposedly a pretty big uh, sporting event this week. Uh, Kevin, how are you doing, buddy?
1: Uh, I'm doing pretty well,
0: pretty well. How about you? I'm not doing too bad. This week is always... Uh, It it, always seems like this week is a little bit bigger than most, but uh, it it feels extra special this year. Uh, I'm not in State College anymore, but I know you're in Columbus. Is there a feeling among Ohio State fans that this game is kind of like, uh, I don't want to say a play-in game for the college football player or anything like that, but the the season kind of comes down to winning this game,
1: Uh, you know,
0: if Ohio State wants to accomplish what it wants to accomplish this season.
1: Yeah, I, I think I think that's fair. Um, it's it's kind of weird increasingly how the Penn State game gets kind of thrust into the spotlight. Um, and I I guess it's I mean, there's always the, the whole running joke where Ohio State doesn't consider. Uh, yes, like Penn State the rival and stuff like that. But I actually I ran a poll on 11 Warriors today. Uh, do you consider Penn State a rival? And like 58% said yes. And that would never have been the case. Like, three, four, five years ago.
0: Yeah, it's. I was going to say it's interesting because it feels like uh, it reminds me a lot of Ohio State and Michigan State a few years ago, where like, yeah, everyone knows Ohio State and Michigan are the big rivals. But when you're looking at the teams that are going to determine uh, who's going to win the Big Ten East and ultimately who has the best odds of going on to win the Big Ten, it's now this game that's going to do that.
1: Yeah, I think I think it's kind of a circumstantial thing, um, like you kind of alluded to, like, uh, a couple years ago, yeah, it was Michigan State. Before that, it was probably Wisconsin. Um, back when uh, Bert Bielamo was was still here with us in in, uh, in Big Ten country, but yeah, I, I think it's it's probably a circumstantial thing, but it's it's definitely the game that's circled every year um, in Columbus, uh, with especially Michigan not being what Michigan's been through its uh, long history. Um, you know, Penn State's kind of filled that, that void of the team that you want to beat every week and or every year, and you can see that kind of with Ohio State fans, how they've reacted to every win so far. It's like, okay, cool. Um, we won't really know what this team looks like until we get to Penn State, though, you know? Um, even against TCU, you had the, like, all right, cool, we got past that one, now let's beat Penn State. Because um, I think there's a feeling that, like, this game matters. I also ran a poll this week, like, could Ohio State make it to the college football playoff if it doesn't go undefeated? And, the pretty much resounding answer was no. Ohio State has to go undefeated at this point. And um, that means, obviously, that they have to beat Penn State. So, yeah, I, I think a lot is on the line this early weekend. And um, I think people can feel that.
0: Yeah. And I think before we look ahead to the game, uh, the important thing is to look back on this season so far for Ohio State, 4-0 wins over uh, Oregon State, Rutgers, and Tulane in Ohio Stadium, then a 40-28 to win over TCU uh, in Jerry World. So just this season, is Ohio State, uh, in your estimation and an estimation of uh, people in Columbus, are they meeting expectations? Are they beyond kind of where people expected the yard marker to be set this year? Are they not quite there?
1: What's the dynamic there? I think it's like a tale of offense versus defense, because if you're talking offense, like, good God, this is like light years ahead of where anybody reasonably expected it to be. Um, you know, you got a freshman quarterback coming in there, and I, I mean, there's there's for sure, you know how fans go, there's for sure people that expected Dwayne Haskins to come in immediately and win the Heisman. Um, but I think, like, the most realistic, we're like, eh, we'll, we'll see how this goes, you know, it's a true freshman, or a, 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 a sorry, redshirt sophomore making his first start um but he's been extremely good and the offense has been extremely good um especially when you look at how the offense is kind of the Ohio State offense has not really performed up to um, how people would like it to perform the past two or three years um so i think from that standpoint the team's like light years ahead of where people even really hoped it could be um on the defensive end you you kind of have the the scaries there from people. Um, I I don't think it's what people expected it to look like. Um, I think reasonably kind of because of how Ohio state's done it in the past. I I think people just expect that Ohio State's secondary is just going to be awesome every year. Um, And you know, that's, that's kind of been the case. Um, Ohio state loses uh, a bunch of defensive backs to the NFL. And then they are replaced with another guy that goes first round the next year. And that's just kind of how it's gone. And, um, this year, that's not really how it's been. Um, we, Ohio State still doesn't really have a, a, um, starting a strong safety, like a, a strong or a strong safety position outside of, uh, Jordan Fuller and, um, the corners have gotten beaten coverage and it's just, there's been a lot of big plays. I think it's, it, it's the weirdest thing. If you look at like Bill Connolly's uh, defensive analytics, Ohio State's like 15th in total defense and then like 103rd in um and uh
0: explosiveness
1: yeah. and so it's like it's it's the the rare break but don't bend defense so they're giving up these huge plays but like it's still fine here and there so i think that's going to cause people to have a heart attack is those there's big plays and the defense really hasn't looked that great giving up 31 to Oregon State. But um, by and large, I think the team looks maybe better than people expected. Just the defense has not been there. And that's kind of been the opposite of how it's been the past three years.
0: So looking at the team so far this year, in your estimation, uh, what's the biggest question uh, that has been answered through the first four games? I can almost guess what this one is, but I would like to hear your answer to that. And what's the biggest question that has yet to be answered and still exists as they're heading in to not just Penn State but really the uh, meat of its B- T- Big Ten schedule.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, the answer is Dwayne Haskins, and I'm, I'm sure you knew that. Um, Absolutely. You know, I, yep. I I don't think um, the the most realistic uh, people didn't really know what to expect. Um, you know, you could have absurd optimism and just hope that he's going to come in and light the world on fire. But um, I think larger than than even just who Dwayne Haskins is and what his talent is as an individual. uh, I think there were concerns about um, what the offense would look like with Dwayne Haskins, because I think we're going to get into this a little later, but Dwayne Haskins is not JT Barrett. He's not, you know, even Cardale Jones or certainly not Braxton Miller. Um, That's kind of what Urban Meyer has had since he's been here is um, guys who can, you know, run the ball. And Dwayne Haskins is extremely pass first, um, extremely pass first. I think he's run the ball like by choice, like three times maybe, um, in four games. And that's not an Ohio state offense that under, uh, urban Meyer, if, if I may interrupt for a second, has that been a function of,
0: uh, you know, he has had time to sit there and wait for stuff to develop and he just hasn't had the like, okay, nothing's there. I have to go Sense that Barrett
1: has, or, uh, it, has it been something else? I think it's a combination of a lot of things. Um, I think Ohio state from a play calling standpoint has done a great job of, um, making sure that he can get the ball out in a hurry. Um, I think the protection has been great. Ohio state's offensive line has been, you know, really stellar at, at making sure that he's not pressured. And, um, more than that it's his confidence too so like there's been even I, I it, I've started to kind of lose this but I used to kind of count the passes that Dwayne Haskins would like hit that JT Barrett wouldn't even attempt because JT Barrett was he, he was a, a very risk averse quarterback and Dwayne Haskins thinks he can make every throw on the field so there's some some passes where he's fitting it into a window that I'm like oh uh yeah I, I you know JT would never have even attempted that pass but um I think that's a lot of it is that he the the ball's coming out sooner um the receivers are getting open sooner the the scheme is better um it's being executed better and uh you know it's it it's and and i think more than that Ohio state seems to want to pass first uh a a lot of j t Barrett's runs were designed too and you've seen one, exactly one designed quarterback run for Dwayne Haskins. And it was a touchdown, but um, it, that, that's, it's, just, it's just not there. And so I, I, I think more than anything, it's just that the Ohio State offense has realized this is not his strength. And they've, credit to Ryan Day, been able to develop an offense that, that plays to his strength after having a quarterback last year that had a completely different skill set.
0: And then the biggest question that has yet to be answered uh, this season,
1: um, I think it's still on that defensive side. Um, you know, Ohio State had to replace three, well, two and a half because Tuff Borland's still uh working his way back into the rotation. He should be close to a hundred percent at this point, but um three and a half or two and a half starting linebackers and that uh starting safety spot. Um I, I, I still don't think we the ver or the the jury's still out on them. Um I, I don't know how they're going to fare against a, a a super RPO heavy team like Penn state. Um, They got eaten up against Oklahoma last year and you're throwing new guys in there and playing linebacker and playing safety is all about discipline and it's all about knowing your assignment and and at high level college football, especially when you're being read on every play, it it doesn't really cut it to just be an athletic freak. And um, I know Ohio state gets those athletic freaks and, they get those those four star athletes and um, the guys with four 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 five speed at linebacker, um, but you know modern college football has kind of developed a way of making those guys wrong on every play, and if you're not executing and you're not performing things from a mental standpoint and gap filling and things like that, um, you can get eaten up in a hurry. And uh, I, I think that is one of the things that will that we're really going to see against Penn state is whether or not those linebackers are ready to play, um, whether or not that the safety position is ready to play. Um, cause those are, those are some of the hardest positions in modern day football to, um, to execute on a, on a play by play basis. So, um, I think that's the biggest question heading into the Penn state game and really heading into the, re- the rest of the season is, um, is, is that linebacker play cuz even even though Ohio State is replacing three linebackers it's not like the linebackers played great last year either so you're you're kind of stepping into a situation where um you've got guys who uh, tech like essentially weren't even good enough to start over the guys who struggled in that same position last year so yeah. I, I think i think they could still um they're, they're obviously very talented but um you know at, at this point they've had four games of reps under under their uh under their heads. So I I just, I'm just not convinced that they're fully ready to play a team. That's going to attack them every single play. Uh,
0: Before we get into the offensive defense, there's one thing that I uh, forgot to put on, uh, forgot to put on here. Uh, The uh, special teams real quick. Does Ohio state have the uh, indomitable Aussie punter that urban Meyer always seems to have every year. Is that just not in Columbus this year?
1: It is. It is not a. It is not an yes! Aussie punter. It is not yes! an Aussie punter.
0: Well, well. Uh, I don't know why we even need to do the rest of this podcast because Penn State is <laughs> about forty. But uh, I suppose we should probably talk about uh, the offense, and defense, uh, kind of just broadly looking at them. Uh, what's the ten thousand foot view of the offense in terms of its strengths and its weaknesses? Um.
1: It. It's hard. Uh, this is the weirdest thing, but like, it's hard to find a weakness on the offense. Um. That sounds insane, but. I mean, like, who are you going to pick? the The two um, thousand yard rushers um, who've, who've rushed for a thousand yards in their career, um, the uh, you know quarterback that has the second best Heisman odds in the country, um, the offensive line who's done a great job of protecting him, or the receivers who've honestly been lights out the past couple of days. Um, I think it's it's hard to pick a straight up weakness, but I will say. I think the the thing that I'm watching the most on the offense this weekend is that offensive line. Um, there's two new starters. There's Thayer Munford and um, Malcolm Pridgen, and there's one who slid over to center. and He had a he had a rough time snapping the ball against TCU. He had a ton of low snaps. <laughs> that sounds insane, but uh, you,
0: uh, I'm sure. Sure sure you saw the quote that he gave yesterday correct
1: yeah it was fantastic
0: yeah uh, for uh, those of you who aren't aware I'm pulling it up right now uh, this his name is uh, Michael Jordan. it's Michael Jordan that is correct and he said uh, something to the extent of uh, he believed the crowd in uh the crowd at the game against TC oh here we go Uh, Ohio State center Michael Jordan meeting with the media after practice says the big stage of the TCU game got into his head leading to low snaps in that game, which, listen, I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know anything about football, but I feel like saying that for a neutral site game where there was a really strong Ohio State contingent at Jerry World and saying that before going to a night game in Happy Valley um, might not be the best tactical decision.
1: Right, yeah. <laughs> I, I think a lot of people were extremely nervous reading that. Um, on the other hand, like, if you're going to have road game jitters, it's good to have them at a, at a neutral site location first, you know. Um, but I, I think, like, the, the thing with, that a lot of Ohio State fans have dealt with is they've had, for back-to-back years, um, a, a guard move to center and then win the Remington. So that's the standard here. Um, and so, like, I, I think Ohio State fans just think that, like, you can just do that. Like, you, like, oh, like, that's just what you do. You move your best guard to center and it's fine. Not just fine, it's great. And um, I think it's kind of, you know, Michael Jordan's kind of showing how hard that is to do um, to just, like, play a position that you haven't played for, like, three years. Um, and so I, I, I think he'll be fine. And honestly, he was fine against TCU. Like, none of it was disastrous. It just kind of, um, you know, uh, hurt the rhythm of the offense a little bit. But um, I, I I think he'll be fine. Um, but I think the offensive line as a whole, um, I'm sure you remember uh, Isaiah Prince's struggles the last time he was there. Oh, yes. He had recorded, like, the worst pass pro, like, ever charted um, from, uh, I think it was Pro Football Focus, like, that um, he was not good, and um, y- you know what can happen at, at Happy Valley when you're going and you're facing those whiteout conditions, and you've got a couple guys who are making their first starts under pressure. And I, I think that's the biggest thing for me is seeing um, how that's that's gonna how they're gonna handle that because it's not like Penn State's defensive line is bad.
0: For sure. And uh, real quick, uh, before we get to the defense, I think it's important that I get this on the record uh, regarding Michael Jordan heading into this game, and that is that LeBron is better. Uh, Looking at the defense, uh, if you uh, listened to that and you got mad about it, uh, I'd say you can tweet at me, but you shouldn't tweet when you're demonstrably wrong. So (laughs) don't do that. Uh, Moving to the defensive side of the ball, kind of the same thing, the strengths and the weaknesses of this team. And I guess... uh, for a lot of college football fans, when you're thinking about the weaknesses of Ohio State heading into this game, you'd be, have a, some serious questions about replacing Nick Bosa, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's not as big of a concern as things like linebackers and the secondary.
1: Yeah, it's not. Um, you know, that, that's, Again, this is one of those things that just sounds stupid that Ohio State lost to, I believe, is like without question the best player in college football, and that's probably the strength of, de- of the defense still. Um, now I, I, I do not think like, I'm, I'm not going to downplay the importance of, uh, Nick Bosa. Um, you know, he's the best player in college football for a reason. And, um, there were a lot of things last year against Penn state that, that Penn state would do things intentionally schemed around him. Um, they'd read him a lot and try to make him wrong on purpose and, um, he really executed perfectly it's it's not about necessarily him packing the stats but it's about executing perfectly on every play I think he finished with like one tackle but he was honestly like maybe the like defensive MVP just because of the way he um, handled himself every single play on a, uh, in a in a very important game and without him on there um, without his consistency um, you know other guys are going to have to step up but uh, yeah, the the strength of, of the Ohio State defense is still by far that defensive line. Um, you know, I, I know you're very familiar with Larry Johnson too, and I think he's the best nope, defensive never heard line of him. <laughs> I I think he's the best defensive line coach, not in college but in like football in general. Um I think he is uh he is um very impressive and, and what he's what he's done with uh the the defensive line as a whole has been, you know, just Almost, almost, like, unrealistic. Um, you know, I I think, I, I've i been fascinated by Clemson's defensive line all year. And, um, you know, I, I've been saying all season, like, or all preseason, like, Ohio State's defensive line would be the best in the country, except, like, Clemson's got, like, the four horsemen of the apocalypse out there. <laughs> and it's kind of funny, because, and, and this is credit to Larry Johnson, like, I've watched Clemson, I've watched every Clemson game almost, almost every, or almost fully, their defensive line has not been as dominant as Ohio State's defensive line has been. Um, and, and I think like, each individual player is better than each individual player that Ohio State's been trotting out there, but the results just aren't there. And um, I, I think that's a lot of credit to Larry Johnson and how Ohio State's performing as a unit. Um, it's, it's become one of the most dominant units in college football, even without Nick Bosa in there. Um, there's a lot of other guys who can do that. So no, with, with Nick Bosa gone, it, it doesn't really change that much. That's still how Ohio state's going to try to beat Penn state. They're going to play press coverage on the outside and they're going to try to get, um, they're going to try to get, uh, give the defensive line time to get to trace McSorley. And, um, you know, that's, that's how they game how they're going to play the game. That's how they've played it the past three years. Um, that's how they're going to play it on Saturday. Um, it's going to be Ohio state's defensive line versus Penn state's offensive line. Um, now, we're going to get into weaknesses here because you asked about that. Yeah. The weaknesses are the linebacker play and the uh, safeties and the way that Penn state can kind of combat, um, that defensive line is to get the ball out really quick. And they can do that with a lot of RPO stuff. Um, you know, screen passes to the outside and that's really what's been working against Ohio state all year. Um, and you even saw Tulane have a little success with that. And Tulane is not Penn state. Um, and I I think that's gonna be what Penn State's gonna try to do because Trace McSorley, like I, I, I know he's sober Johnny Mansell, but um <laughs> you, you can't have him you he's not he's not gonna be back there uh evading, you know, Chase Young or Draymond Jones the entire game. Um that's just not a game plan they can win is having him drop back and banking on him having time to find a receiver downfield. Um so uh, I think the the difference in the game will be um how Ohio State, if Ohio State's defensive line can get to Trace McSorley, and um, whether or not Penn State can get the ball out quick and um, you know find guys on those quick slants and those uh, those um, screen passes to uh, you know attack the open space.
0: So, I, I guess the very broad question about this game, uh, you know, we're going to do this on our pod uh, when we record that a little bit later tonight, but. From the perspective of someone who watched a lot of Ohio State, if Ohio State wins this game, why does it win this game? And if it loses this game, why does it lose this game?
1: I think it's all going to come down to those big plays. Um, I always said Ohio State's a a break, but don't bend defense. State is not as forgiving as any of the teams that Ohio State's played so far. You, You can't give up five plays of like 40 yards it's just not you're not going to win the game if that happens and you even saw last year um, uh, you know I, I I think I think last year Ohio State was the better team in that game and Ohio State like spotted Penn State 21 points at the beginning with you know just bad mistakes obviously Saquon Barkley uh housed one but that was bad coverage you know you, you can't allow the best return man in college football to get the outside like that it's it's little things like that um and, you know, Ohio State almost lost that game because of, um, you know, bad mistakes when they were the more talented team. And I think in this game, Penn State fans might not like to hear this, but I think Ohio State is the more talented team. And it's going to come down to executing and not giving Penn State things like, uh, like you know, 40-yard passes when it's a 50-50 ball in the air. You, you, that can't happen. You can't, you can't have a, a 30% win percentage on 50-50 balls in the air. Um, and that's kind of where Ohio state's sitting at lately. Um, you know, you, you have to stay in your lane on the defensive line. You can't allow huge runs. Um, it's, it's just things like that. It's going to come down to executing every play, um, and not allowing those big backbreaking, um, those big backbreaking game breaking plays. Um, I think if, if the game comes down to just, uh, who executes on, um, every down and, you know, who's who's executing on their mid-range plays. I think Ohio State wins, but if Penn State can break off a couple big runs or get a couple big plays, I think Ohio State could be in trouble.
0: Yeah, and just to uh, to clarify, like I do agree that uh, Ohio State was the, indeed the much better team last year, and I point to uh, the adjusted scoring margin uh, via S P plus. p uh, Penn State's win expectancy last year was 3%. Adjusted scoring margin was about 18 points. So the fact that it was a one-point game um, does speak a lot to what Ohio State was able to do. And the one thing that they had in that game that I think kind of set them apart was, you know, with all due respect to him, like that was the game of JT Barrett's life. That was the best. (laughs) That was as, I I watched a lot of JT Barrett when he was in college. I, and this might just be because I was biased, I do not remember him ever playing that well. And it kind of goes to uh, what I think could be an X factor in this game. And that's that, Urban Meyer has said he's going to give Ryan Day and Kevin Wilson the free reign to run the offense. He's going to be more of a game manager. I'm kind of up in the air about whether I believe that because, you know, you don't get to be Urban Meyer without micromanaging to one extent or another. So I, my big question is, in these big games, whether it's been against Penn State, against Michigan, uh, it's been in the playoff it's been against Wisconsin, whomever it's been against one thing that urban Meyer has done dating back to his days at Bowling green and at Utah was he puts the ball in the hands of his quarterback and he says, win this football game for me. And when he says, win this football game for me, the team goes based on what his quarterback does. Is there a, (coughs) I don't want to say a fear because you know, Haskins is good enough to win this game if asked, but is there a concern that, you know, at some point during this game, Urban is going to Turtle, and he's going to say to his young quarterback, who's not much of a runner, I want you to win this football game for me in your first true road game as a starting quarterback.
1: Uh, I don't think he can. And, you know, I, I think I think that more than anything is why I kind of believe him when he says, you know, Ryan Day has the offense now, because, like, I Dwayne Haskins can't do that. I, I... I he's not anything that urban Meyer has ever had at quarterback before besides i don't know even cardo jones was more mobile he was a truck you know you you could just get him at full speed and nobody's bringing him down and dwayne haskins is not any of that um and i think urban meyer has seen how that offense has worked and he's going to give dwayne haskins or he's going to give ryan day the keys and he's i i think he realizes that if he Kinda, if if he tries to turtle and run the quarterback, he's going to lose. And I think I think part of the reason um, Urban does that or has done that in the past with his quarterbacks is because it works. You know, it's I, I think a lot of people talk about that negatively, um, at, especially at Ohio State, the, the quarterback run and um, stuff like that. But like, if you look at like Urban Meyer's win percentage when his quarterback gets like over like 15 carries or something like that. I guarantee you it's very high. Um you know it, it it might not be pretty and it might be a close game but I think like from a football standpoint it makes sense too because the reason why the quarterback run works is because and James Franklin's talked about this a lot too. I've been listening to his pressers. It becomes 11 on 11 football. Um and you have a you have a man advantage in the box with in terms of blockers. So it becomes just a one-on-one battle like man versus man about whether or not he can or about whether or not this guy can block this guy and, um, whether or not this quarterback can get, you know, like three yards basically untouched. And so it, it just gives a huge numbers advantage to have the quarterback running. And, um, in a lot of cases, I think teams are fine giving that up. Um, cause it's, it's not a big play and it's not glamorous to see JT Barrett, like slam into the line and get three or four yards, you know? Um, but it works. If you're going to get three or four yards every play, yeah, you, you, you take it. And I think that's kind of how Urban Meyers thought. In a close game, if I can guarantee myself four yards a carry, yeah, I'm going to take it. It might not be pretty, but I'm, I'm going to take it. And, um, but I, I don't think you can do that with Dwayne Haskins. I, I really don't. Um, I don't think the offense can work the same way. I don't think he can rely on him the same way. And I, That might scare Urban Meyer, but he's going to have to rely on, a, on Ryan Day. Um, I don't think there's any way that Ohio state can win this game if he tries to run the quarterback and gets scared and, r- and runs the quarterback the way, um, he has in the past. So I think that's probably good news for Ohio state because, um, you know, I, I think you can put up a lot more points when you trust your quarterback and actually run your offense. But, um, yeah, I, I think that is a very interesting thing to look at. And it is kind of the first time that we're going to see that, that urban Meyer can't do this. Like. And I, I, if he tries to do it, people are going to be outraged, but I, I really don't think he will, because I really don't think he can.
0: Interesting. And I, you, you know, it might, that's going to be one of those things that decide this game. Uh, I, I will, before we leave, let's get a prediction. What do you think happens?
1: So I think uh, the, the general consensus is that this is going to be a high scoring game. Um, I think the lines like the over underline set at like 72. And I think that's way too high. Um, I don't think this is going to be a shootout. This isn't going to be like a 42 to 38 game. Um, you can put me on freezing cold takes after this, but, um, I, I, I think neither, neither defense is as bad as people seem to think that it is. And I think in a game like this, everybody's going to play a little tighter and everybody's going to play a little more conservative. Um, and I, I think Ohio state's a, a better team. I think they're going to get the win. Um, I just, just from sheer, from sheer talent disparity. Um, I think Ohio state has the advantage on the trenches and both sides of the ball, especially if, if the offensive line executes. And, um, I think down the stretch, Ohio state will pull it out. And I think Ohio state wins, I'm going to say about 38 to
0: 31 close game. And listen, 38, 31, when you, uh, consider these programs were once coached by Jim Tressel and Joe Paterno, that's still a pretty, uh, Pretty unfathomable scoreline for uh, what some people might expect out of Penn State and Ohio State. Uh, Kevin, despite uh, your terrible and wrong prediction, if people want to uh, check out your writing and see what, check out your takes, where can they uh, find that on the internet?
1: Uh, the 11 Warriors, do- actually just 11warriors.com. Um, if you see something called Skull Session, that is me. And where are your tweets at? The tweets are at
0: Kevin, at Kevinish. Not fully Kevin, but just Kevin-ish. Just just Kevin-ish. K-E-V-I-N-I-S-H. Well, make sure you give uh, Kevin a read and a follow. Uh, And yeah, one more time, buddy. Thanks for coming on. We appreciate
1: it. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It'll be a fun game.
0: For sure. And as always, thanks for listening. Subscribe, follow on social media, buy shirts, all that stuff. Uh, Take care, everyone.